Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I want to talk to you guys about um, relying on this new, once we're in this new kingdom, we have to then rely, or rely, pardon me, on the supply chain of this new place, this new location that we are part of, this new location being the kingdom of God. When we were in the kingdom of darkness and we were in the rank of the sons of disobedience, we lived certainly. We trusted man more than we trusted God because we didn't know God. We would, um, you know, we didn't know him personally. We operated in the knowledge that he was there. And most of us, some of us believe that he is God and he's there. And there's a lot of us that uh, some people believe that there is no God and so forth. But in the kingdom of darkness, there's all this type of belief systems that people have. But when you're in the kingdom of God, you are required to trust him, get familiar with his policies and procedures by which you then live and exist in this new kingdom since we are citizens there. So what happens to us many times is that when we are in that kingdom, because we are still here in the body, and the Bible tells us that we are, uh, we are that God has redeemed our soul and all of these different parts of the human being, God came for us totality in a total sense. His work was complete, meaning that the spirit of the man was restored. You shall surely die. The dying part was in our spirit, our soul, and our body, the entirety of the human being. So when you and I become born again, the scripture says that a couple of things begin to happen to us. And the Bible calls us a new creature. So what does this new creature looks like? This new creature, his spirit man is restored. The Bible tells us that when we become born again, we have a brand new spirit. That is why you must be born again so that you can have this new spirit. The second part of that thing, uh, the uh, work that Jesus did was that our souls were redeemed. There was a price paid for it. The Bible tells us all through the scriptures, that God redeemed the soul. And um, as one having a soul, our soul redeemed, you and I can make decisions based on our redemption. We have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. We have, um, we are no longer governed by sin. So, and the Bible tells us that um, in, uh, uh, I think it's in Luke chapter 168, where it talks about God has redeemed his people. And if you go into the scripture, you'll see there's lots of scriptures dealing with the redemption of the soul. Psalm 71, 23 is another one. It says, um, and my soul, which you have redeemed. Uh, as you go through the scriptures, you'll see tons of those 
where the soul of man is redeemed. Uh, Psalms 103 is a good one, one uh, verses 1 to 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. So we see that the soul of man has been redeemed. The Bible tells us that the body of the man also, um, God came to give us healing by his stripes. We are healed. So we see the totality of this new creature in this new kingdom. And so in this new kingdom, you and I are called to behave a certain way. Now let's take a look at Psalms 108 and see what that way, that behavior um, is mandated of us. The help of man is worthless. With God, we shall do valiantly. So we're seeing that in this new kingdom, we don't behave like how we used to behave when we were in the kingdom of darkness, when we were in the ranks of the sons of disobedience. And that's one of the reasons I tell you guys about those that are out there that are not born again. We have family in the kingdom of darkness. We have family there. We don't know who they are. And because we don't know who they are, we ought to love everyone because, as I mentioned, they're family in there. And we want to bring our family out um, of the kingdom of darkness or this, from amongst the sons of disobedience so that they can now be a part of the ranks of the children of God. So that is why, and the Bible says it's also a witness to those that are the, of the sons of darkness, the sons of disobedience, that they can see the love of God in us. And the Bible calls us the light of the world. So we see that we are mandated now here to look for help, not where we used to look for help. When we were in the kingdom of darkness, we looked for help from man, from our abilities. Everything that we can do, we did it. Even um, that is why when the Bible says it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he naturally is, uh, all his needs are met naturally, but spiritually he is dark. And the Bible tells us that those type men, God bring them up so that they can heap up, so that they just shall wear and have all of their wealth. So there's a purpose for them as well. But the Bible says it's harder for a rich person to go in because he's naturally, and all his needs are met. And the Bible says those type people sometimes it's easier, and you know, easier for them to be corrupted. So, but when we are uh, in this kingdom of God, we are no longer to rely on man. For the Bible says that the help of man is worthless. And we don't want to be looking at man when we are in this new kingdom. The Bible tells us in uh, Jeremiah 17, 5, says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind, and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turn away from the Lord. So you see a couple of things in there. Again, um, there's a curse. There is a curse on man who, uh, on the person who uh, looks to man for everything as his salvation. Salvation, it says in Psalms 146.3, Do not trust in princes, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. And so you and I, as I mentioned, as citizens within this new kingdom, 
We are required to behave certain way. We cannot run to God, to a man for help um, apart from God. The Bible tells us that our God, our Father, who has given to us all things in Christ, the Bible tells us some things about him and as to the power that he has. And when it comes to uh, the heart of man, the Bible tells us that the heart of the king is in the hand of God. In Proverbs chapter 21, uh, one says, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord as the rivers of the waters. So he's saying the heart of mankind is in the hands of God as the rivers of water. He turns it whithersoever he will. So those men and women that are in the kingdom of darkness, they are governed by God the Father in the sense that he can override certain things through the his grace, the scripture says, which I talked to you guys about grace and what it means when God had given me that revelation. It means the divine influence upon the heart and the benefits that it brings to you, you and I. So God can influence them, just like a woman influences a man to do things. God can do the very same thing, or a man influence a woman to do things. So we do the same. We influence people to do things. How do we do that? We whisper things to them, and we place a thought into their mind, and then they make the choice about it. I remember preaching in a prison system, and I told the guys that they were here in prison because they weren't able to control their thoughts. When someone said, let's rob this place, let's steal this, let's do that, a thought was placed into their into their mind by words. And then when they accepted it, they agreed with it, and they um, did the outcome, they now reap the reward of their decision. But it was started with a thought. So as citizens within this new kingdom, we are mandated not to go to man. We are no longer to resort back to the way that things were. I remember that song, The Way We Were. Anyway, we are not to resort back to those type of behavior. We are to look to God. Psalms 118.9 tells us, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And so it differentiates here. There are two types of places that one can put their trust. There's one in God where you can take refuge in the Lord or you can take refuge in with the princess and trust them. One of those two you are going to give your trust over to and for them to deliver you, if you will. It says in Psalms, which we read, in mortal man in whom there is no salvation. So as we decide on where to put our trust, we will then reap the benefit of that. Isaiah uh, chapter 2 says, Stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils. For why should he be esteemed? Why lift him up above God? Why? Because he is, the scripture tells us that, uh, stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils. Whenever that is removed from him, he no longer is on this planet. He moves to another realm. And so you and I have to recognize this and begin to proceed in moving our faith from one to another. Once we are into this new kingdom, we are required to put our trust in this God that is now the kingdom that we are part of this kingdom in. And so that's how I try to teach people that we were in one kingdom at one time and then we are now in another kingdom. 
and we're governed by uh, different policies. And, and sometimes we try to revert back to uh, the way we used to do things or the thinking of uh, how we behave when we're in the kingdom of darkness. But because we're in a different um, kingdom, uh, some of those ways by which we think and thought and all those things are detrimental to our system, our belief, our life, uh, everything. And you can see that when you are traveling. You travel from one kingdom to another, meaning another country. Uh, there are certain things in certain countries that you and I will do in America that are absolutely atrocious within another culture. And they will see that sometimes we may insult them by something that we do and whatever because we don't understand the policies and procedures in that kingdom, in that area of life, of living, how they do things culturally. And so it's the same spiritually when you're dealing with these two kingdoms. When we are in the kingdom of darkness, we behave certain way. When we are in the kingdom of light, we are called to behave certain way. And when we try to um, apply rules and regulation within the different kingdoms, we get um, we don't get results because Jesus said in the Bible, in the Word, it says, a double-minded man will not get anything, meaning that man is oscillating between the two kingdoms, the two principles between the two kingdoms, and he's trying to get something. And the statement is being made that that man will get nothing because he is between trying to utilize two different principles within from two different places to try and get something out of one place. It doesn't work. And so once you recognize this and understand that as a part of this new kingdom, you must stick with what you believe in and what you are looking for within the word. So the Bible tells us that we are not to look for help anymore from man because it tells us that that man is worthless. And that's a powerful statement to say about a man. And so um, so the Bible is telling us that we are no longer uh, required to look to them. We are required, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things, those requirements that we were asking for and needing will manifest on our behalf. But we have to learn a couple of things within that. We have to learn how to utilize faith. We have to learn about the journey of faith, where there's a part of the journey of faith where we have to let patient have her perfect work in it. And that's the place where things are quiet. You're not seeing anything manifesting. You are at that place where many of us will then run to man to try and get help. But the Bible says there's no salvation there. There's nothing there. Don't put our trust in these princes. And so you and I, again, Isaiah 32, uh, it says this, 30 verse 2 says, Who proceed down to Egypt without counseling me? to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh, and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. That's when you and I are walking, going into um, asking man. And that's why I said on the on onset, you have to ask God for guidance as to if he wants you to go to man, and how do you want you to go to man, since he is the one that is able to control the man's heart, he will then cause him to have thoughts. And so you and I need to have that information, if you will, and we obtain that information the same as any in prayer. And when we go in prayer, God will give us the direction. We read the Bible when he, um, he came to Saul on Paul on the street going down and 
said to him, Why are you persecuting me? He said, Go to this place and this man will meet you. And then he spoke to the man. So the same thing, you see, Peter had a dream about certain things and God had a household for him to go. So that exchange, God working on a man's heart and calling someone within his kingdom, directing them how to proceed when they are going to men for any type of uh, support or whatever. God will have that set up for you. But you have to, who proceed down to Egypt without counseling me? And that's what you don't want to do. You need to get counsel with the Holy Spirit first to get your direction. Verse in Isaiah 31, uh, chapter 1, um, verses 1, it says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. So God has a warning to go down to Egypt for help. So you need to go with, as he said in in verse 30, um, chapter 30, verse 2, it says, who proceed down to Egypt without counseling me. So we have to have our counseling in order for us to move if God wants us to go that route. Another route God has. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile. And I am recording this message on my phone. I'm literally on my Mint phone. Why? Because fancy recording studios cost money. And if we spent money on things like that, we couldn't offer you screaming deals. Like if you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of your plans, even unlimited. Visit mintmobile.com slash switch. Limited time, new customer offer. Activate within 45 days. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Unlimited customers using more than 40 gigabytes per month will experience lower speeds. Video streams at 480p. See mintmobile.com for details. Provided for the children of Israel, no one would have thought that when they came to the Red Sea, they they naturally looked at the situation and go, "Wow, we're trapped, we're done." And God opened the Red Sea when they came to a place when they were, they were eating manna from heaven and they were hungry, and God gave them some special food, if you will, and um, they refused. After a while, they started complaining. About that, the Bible tells us um, a couple of things. It says in in um, Philippians, it says, "Do everything without complaining and arguing." But we know that the children of Israel, uh, when they came out of Egypt, they were specialized in arguing and complaining. They specialized so much so that God said, "I can't work with these people. I have to. Um, I have to take them out." And so He waited until after all of them passed. And then after they passed, he took their children. So they specialized in the art of um, complaining and arguing. And we see that all through the, uh, that's why they were there in the wilderness for 40, 40 years. So we see that even with their complaining, God was still a provider. If you read that story, you'll see that God provided for them um, a manna from heaven. We see that he provided for them. Food when he brought all the quails, um, they had so much quails they couldn't handle it anymore. We saw that he provided for them when they needed water and Moses was instructed to hit the rock. And uh, after they were uh, exercising their art of complaining and murmuring, God, he got so mad he hit the rock twice. Um, so we know that God is a provider, even when we are in that, uh, when we are uh, practicing our skill of complaining. And we see that through the children of Israel. We see him providing for their health 
when it tells us in the scripture that no feeble amongst them was there. We saw that him, he provided for their welfare as far as their uh, clothing didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out. All their essential needs were met, food, clothing, and health through God, even though they were disobedient. And so I want to bring to you guys and show you not to look to man. There's a warning that we ought not to look for man uh, for anything because the Bible tells us they are just a moment and that once they're gone, they're gone. God is forever. He is a faithful father. He is a faithful God. And let me tell you why he's a faithful God. God is faithful for this reason, because he loves you. I did a study a few days ago about God freely loving you. So let's take a look at that basically here for a moment, and then we'll go back into our teaching. The love of God, it tells us uh, that because of his love, he had did he did a few things on our behalf. And because of his love, that is why you are being provided for. That is why you're seeing him as a provider. Because of his love, you're seeing him meeting all of your needs. Because of his love, he heals you. Because of his love, he has sanctified you. Because of his love, he has done everything for you. He has given to you all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's given you a way by which you and I can partake of his divine nature. All of these things God has done for us because he loves us. He is motivated by love. And because he's motivated by love, we have a chance to see all the ways by which his love is manifested to us. His, manifested, uh, his love is manifested to us in this fashion, that he's merciful towards us, that he's faithful towards us, that he cares for us, that he heals us that he's concerned about our soul. Um, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. He, that he's in, he's um, concerned about your spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so because we see his love, all of his the ways by which he loves us manifested. And one of those ways that he's saying, he said, come to me and I will be the one that will provide for you. No longer am I asking you to go to man. I am asking you and requiring you to come to me. Why? Because something happens to you and I, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am here to give you the ability by which you can get all the things that you need. I will make sure that when you're tempted, there's no temptation that is there to overcome you. Why? Because God loves you. And so he has, because he loves us, he has one command that he says to us, come. Most of us try to come. We have to try to fix ourselves before we come. But that is not the requirement because God knows the intent of your heart. And so he knows and he sees you naked. He sees you within your sinfulness and he knows the reason why you do what you do. But yet, the mandate is not to fix yourself. The mandate is for you to come. And so when you come and you make this exchange, the Bible says, though your sins be as, I will make it this way. Though, so he sees you where you are. And so you cannot allow guilt to keep you from the command, which is simply to come. He tells you to come messy, come 
like you are, though your sins be like I will make you. So it is not your responsibility to fix yourself. It's your responsibility to come. But the Bible tells us that we ought not to look to man for our help. And so you and I have started out the journey of faith, but the Bible says we ought to stay there, that we ought not to allow um, our confession uh, to uh, to move us. For the scripture says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition of him. So we know uh, that we have this petition that we desire of him as we ask. And so you and I are required, according to the word of God, to stay in faith. Don't move. Hebrews 10 puts it this way. Let's hold, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised us is faithful. Why is he faithful? Because he loves us. And because he loves us, he is faithful to us. He, the scripture says, he will provide because he loves us. And so you have to come to the realization that God is motivated in by his love for you. And so is Jesus. The scripture tells us that nothing is able to um, separate us from the love of God. And so it's important then, once we are in a part of this kingdom of God, that we no longer rely on flesh. The Bible warns us and it says, woe unto the man that goes there. Uh, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which you, which has great reward, for you have need to in, to in, of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. What is the will of God? The Bible says it's a good thing that a man give thanks to God. So in that space of waiting, I suggest that you and I do one thing that we want to do is just walk around and put ourselves in a space of um, thankfulness where we just recognize that it is finished. Why? Not because of what we can do, but because of his love for us. And because of his love for us, the Bible tells us that he says, hold firmly to the word of life. Don't let go of that word. The word that's in Philippians chapter 2, um, when it says, hold firmly to the word of life. So hold on to your word of promise, because the Bible tells us that God is faithful. And the reason why he's faithful is because he loves us. That's what's driving him when he's requesting than requiring that you and I no longer look to man for help. For the Bible tells us, he said in Isaiah, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Why does he do that? Because, as I said, he loves us. And so he tells us that don't be anxious of anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, in that state of thankfulness again, it is a good thing, the scripture says, to give thanks unto God. Let your requests be made known to him in Philippians 4, 6. So as you and I are now learning how to um, live and operate within the kingdom of God, we are no longer required to run to mankind for help, for he warns us and he tells us about that. And so, He's addressing all of those things so that you and I, uh, Psalms 118, Psalms 18, 20, uh, 2, I think it is, um, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock 
in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Why is he all of that? Because he loves you, and he, that's his character. And so when you go to him, when you run to him, he is all of that to you. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer within that fortress. He is my God. He is my rock in whom I take refuge. I go and I hide. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. This is who we are running to. And this is who we are asked that we are to look for help instead of looking for help at um, from man. So the Bible encourages you and I, as we are now new citizens within the kingdom of God, that we no longer look to man for our help. For the Bible tells us that they, man, it tells us that um, they are just a nostril, a breath in their nostril. It says, who tells us we are not to go down to Egypt without counseling God first. So if you want to go to someone, the Bible tells us that you need some counsel. Um, talk to God. Ask him how to direct you if that's the way by which he wants you to go. Ask him for favor because he says, come and get it. Where is it located? He tells us, come boldly before the throne of grace. We know that that's where it's located, whereby you may find grace to help in your time of need. And so you know where to go get it. And so whatever need you have, go and get God's counseling on it so that once you have his counseling on that current situation, you are able then to uh, follow and be within his will and be in his will. And you are not being outside of his will. And when you're inside of God's will, the Bible gives us um, some insight into that um, as to if we ask anything according to the will of God, we know that he hears us. So then if we seek counsel and he wants you to go and talk to this person or that person and you're doing it within his will, the Bible says that he's there and he will help you to get what you need out of that current situation or out of that encounter because he has instructed you and you are in the will of the Father and he promised to provide all of your stuff for him. And so I want to encourage you guys. I try to use this channel to encourage those because I know what's going on. I know for me personally as well, I'm talking to myself when I talk to many of you as you're listening to these podcasts. It's not just about you. I'm talking about me. This is what I have to do on a daily basis. I have to learn to relinquish running to people and run to God and have him to direct me as to who he wants me to go to, if that's what he wants me to do. And when I do do that, that I'm still within his will, and once I'm in his will, his, he is required, according to the contract that he made with me, that if I ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. And so the first promise that I get out of that, if I seek his counsel is that he hears me and he tells me that if i hear you you know it says that he will give me my desire actually it says and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask we know that we have the petition that we desire of him so seek his face seek his kingdom first and he will direct your path 
Bible says um, that that was the promise and the contract that he made with these new citizens that are part of his kingdom. So when you and I read the word of God, we are actually pulling out the contract that God has made with his, the new, with the citizens of this kingdom. So then you and I can take this contracted word and see what he has provided for you and I, what we have access to through this contract, and how to administer the contract so that we can appropriate all of the things that he has done for us in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And so as we begin to study and uh, become familiar with the contract, we can then go before him, says, come, let's reason together. We can bring the contract to him and say, well, Father, I was reading this particular area. Jesus, I was reading this, and it tells me that, um, that by his stripes I am healed. And I see that it says here that you are the God that heals me. And so then, if I am healed, so then it's mine. The Bible says that you can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the grace that you send and release to people's life, you can administer that same grace to you. I pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him to help me to understand, bring full insight about the concept of healing so that I can get a revelation of it. And how do I do that? By listening to the Word of God, reading the Word, meditating on it day and night. And if you meditate on it day and night, guys, it will come faster to you than anything else. And that's why that meditation is in there, because when you meditate, it now begins to regurg it in your soul, man, is where uh, we call those things the subconscious, is where you then began to murmur. You began to speak over and over the word of God. And as you began to deposit that into your subconscious mind, once his subconscious mind receive it, your soul mind, it will manifest because your spirit then, when your soul says to your spirit, hey, I have been listening to this information, and this information says that I am healed. And the spirit man is going to say, I know, we, we, I've been waiting on you to, um, to see it and agree with me. And let's agree. And when we agree, it will manifest in our flesh. Let's do this thing. And so the Bible tells us that that's the process. And so it is the process with everything. And it tells us that we are not to go to man because that is not our source anymore. And we ought to go to God. And I wanted to encourage you guys and remind you that that's the scripture. And the scripture tells us that you and I ought to go before him. And it says, the help of man is worthless. With God, we shall do valiantly. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you for coming to Blueprint of Faith. And remember, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So be not weary, but imitate them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Again, thank you for coming. Please subscribe, and if you can, support us financially. We deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, church, study group, and even people you don't like. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.